I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. If you're going out for your daily routine boring walks in the afternoon and you would like uh, something to keep you occupied and you missed any of the show, you can listen back to Room 104 on the podcast, which is available on Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the usual places where you get your audio entertainment from. Room 104's Control-Alt-Delete. Control-Alt-Delete. Today's Tech Today. That's what we love, isn't it? Today's Tech Today, of course. It's like a slice of tech in a batch form delivered to you. Do they still have that logo? Or that's that, um, Brennan's, yeah, Brennan's. Today's bread today, yeah. They're not changing that, are they? They haven't changed, have they? Not? Oh, I don't think so. Thought they might have got with like you know, modern times, or whatever. Tomorrow's bread on TikTok, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's exactly. like cool. Uh, all right, uh, this is just a quick roundup of some of the tech stories that are happening. Uh, news this evening it turns out, and it looks like that Jeff Bezos is to step down as Amazon CEO. Well, I mean, he's got enough money, or does he actually? He had that big divorce, didn't he? Yeah. And he's lost a lot of money. No, I think he's still... No, Elon Musk, I think, is technically the wealthiest man in the world. And then Jeff, second. Yeah, he's doing okay, but I'm, I'm he's sure... He's not short if you quit anyway. If you're at that level, though, you always want to be number one. You would, it'd just be annoying, wouldn't it? Mm. Like, what do you mean I'm number two? I yes. Just, two. Still, though, like stupid money. He doesn't need to be in that role at his age, though. Step down, let someone else take over. Chill out, relax. I think he's just going on to work. Anyway, the news has come out in the last hour. Tuesday, Amazon announced Bezos will step down as CEO during the third quarter of 2021. Amazon Web Services CEO Andy Andy Jazzy. What a name. Andy Jazzy. Jassy. I think probably it is. Jassy. Will replace Bezos, who will transition to executive chair of the Amazon board. Yeah, so he's taking a more relaxed role. Maybe he's... I don't know if he is. Do you not think? I don't know. Maybe he's... I don't know. Anyway, there you go. No more Jeff. Okay, but imagine being in that role for as long as he, he has been and then trusting somebody else to oh, step in. How do you hand over your baby? And that guy, Andy, I'd say the fear of God is in him right now. You know, it's like when your Ella teaches you to do something and then you go and do it and they're just like, oh, no, 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 yeah. leave me alone, let me do it. And you're like, you know, fine. You're not but doing it the way I did just, it. It's just, you'd be better off doing it. Yeah. Seriously? No, 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 it's your company. It's your company. I just, I'm sure I wouldn't the, do it that way. The paycheck is going to be pretty nice. I wonder how much several tens of million mm. a year I'd say to be CEO at least of Amazon beautiful grand if you can get it but there you go that's only happened uh, announced in the last hour or so what it'll mean for your deliveries still stuck over in the UK that haven't arrived I don't know
But luckily, and they're also building a fulfillment center here in Ireland. So Amazon, so hopefully your deliveries will come quicker. You might, you know, from Amazon instead of having to wait a while. So that's the first story. Now, moving on to emailing spinach. Yeah, please tell me more. How in the name of God can spinach send emails? Well, it can and can't. Can and can't. Can and can't. Well, hang on a second. It gave... Popeye mussels so mm-hmm. it can do better than most kind of veg so I used to watch that all the time I got, my, I got my I got my to bring home spinach one day I was like can I have some spinach brought me home a couple of cans of spinach no, and I nearly got sick I was like, Especially this is disgusting. cans of spinach. Yeah, it was wrong. Because they had to be, because he, he didn't have leafseed, the cans yeah, of spinach he the cans, that, he, yeah. that he squashed. And I was there, had someone who was waiting for my arms to explode. It's like, here we go. Rotten. Ugh. I think I was only about six or seven at the time. You're dumb. You know, you're dumb and naive at six or seven. Your, your dad shouldn't have fed into that. No, I think he was just having the crack. And do you know what else? I think a uh, really, really dumb thing I thought when I was a kid. Do you remember the Cabri's dairy milk ad that had two glasses of milk pouring into uh, like a bowl of chocolate? That was their ad that two... Oh yeah, I remember that, yeah. I used to think if you just poured two glasses of chocolate or milk together, you'd get chocolate. Oh my God. I've done that and I did it several times. I was like, why isn't... That explains a lot, more. It, it genuinely does. <laughs> You also went through a glass uh, door. I did, imagining I was in Quasar. Yeah. Because yeah, we were going there in a school tour, school tour the next week. That's yeah. the level you're at. I also thought the past was in black and white because of TV. I thought actual past, like in the 1800s, I thought life was in black and white because of the TV. Anyway, moving on. Nothing has changed. You still think that. <laughs> oh, what a time to be alive. Uh, moving on. Okay, how in the name of God can spinach send emails? Well, it turns out that the roots of spinach, and this mm. is conducted by Indian researchers, right? The roots of spinach can detect certain particles that are present in explosives and landmines. Oh. So in certain parts of that world over there where they've had huge amounts of conflicts, landmines are a big issue. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that the roots of spinach can detect this element that is in landmines, even if it's in the water. So let's say there's a landmine upstream somewhere and some of the chemicals leak into the water. And what happens is the spinach roots react to this particular chemical that's in the explosives. And when it does that, it releases other chemicals from its leaves and it does some weird fancy uh, reaction that takes place that we, me or you can't see it, mm. but you can actually see it with infrared cameras. So you can see something changing and being released from the leaves. And what scientists have done is set up all these cameras all over the shop and when they're infrared cameras and when the spinach leaf has this reaction and releases this thing from its leaf mm. that'll automatically send an email to engineers about the potential of explosive devices being in the area that's nuts bit weird isn't it now you know maybe it's overly complicated but it's one they're trying to explore this relationship between the plants in, in the plants and different chemicals and trying to obviously sort out the landmine situation but there you go it can detect this very particular chemical that is in explosives and when it does that it has this reaction from its leaves that ultra uh, infrared cameras can pick up and then they've obviously just set up a system that when it, the camera sees the infrared thing happening bangs an email off to the scientists and the engineers to say potential explosive in this area so it's not actually the spinach getting up, uh, opening a laptop and sending an email. No, it, you would be wrong if you were imagining a big green plant sitting at a desk. You've got mail going. <laughs> just two spinaches in a, in a Meg Ryan kind of movie falling in love slowly over years. No, unfortunately, it's not that. Uh, but they have included it as part of a detection system to try and prevent and detect and clear up landmines over in India. Okay, but that's good. It's not bad, isn't it? Not Interesting not way bad, of doing it. Not a bad idea, there no. There might be a better way to do it, but they've decided to do that... Uh, Anyway, moving on to uh, a weirder grim story. A, a guy 
went viral on Twitter during the week because he's a college student. Um, he's a college student over in the, the University of Montreal in Canada, and he was watching his college lecturers. Right, mm. and like most students, didn't show up for the live ones. Was just watching the, the repeats. Why would you like? Yeah, you know? I know. You'd be like, it's grand. I'll watch that later. And he was looking at his uh, lecturer and had a question for the lecturer and went to email him and searched online for his email and realised that the lecturer in the videos was in fact dead. Oh no. Yeah. What do you mean he, he was... He was dead and he was watching pre-recorded uh, lectures that the teacher obviously recorded a couple of years ago and that they're still using as part of the course curriculum. Oh, that's quite awkward, isn't and it? And none of them, they hadn't really told all the teachers that they passed away and a lot of people, including this gentleman who tweeted this, presumed he was alive and went to ask a question and then was like, no, he's... He's dead. So that, even, that's weird. I know, yeah. A little bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. It, it calls into question a lot of things, like if you're a new teacher or a professor, no positions are going to open up because all of the lectures will be you recorded. Can just have them, yeah. You know, if you're like, oh, we don't need teachers anymore. Well, because we've so much recorded footage, it's fine. Now, uh, it turns out that there is a, a new human, alive professor that is leading up this course, and they were just using this as supplementary material, and, and his lectures still form part of this art history course, which this guy was doing. But he just said it felt very, very weird to be watching a teacher that you knew had passed away. I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like that either. No, it's it's kind of eerie, isn't it? It is a little yeah. bit. Now, you know, people have said in response to this, you listen to musicians that have passed away all the time. Yeah. You read books by authors that have passed away all the time. You yeah. Know, so it's, it's, I think it's just the fact that you see them there and then and you're like, ooh. I think it's just more one-on-one with you, yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's that kind of personal yeah. element of it that I don't like. But, and the um, fact you can't e- actually email them and ask and them a question. That you know? too. But yeah. at the same time, maybe he was a really good lecturer. And they were like, yeah, we can't. Yeah. Like, you might as well have that there for students if they need. But here's what you'll be able to do in the future. You'll be able to build a deep fake AI of your teachers like that and you will be able to email them and chat with them because artificial, we already have automated chatbots. If you ever go onto a customer support service and it's like, do you want to web chat with us? Mm. A lot of those are already automated. So you, you can know, keep your teacher alive. That's what I mean, yeah. You'll be able to keep teachers alive and keep new teachers out of work. We're not going to know what is happening. Oh, I know. I'll just be it's going just in a be haze. The weirdest thing. Absolute chaos. Yeah. Uh, so that's one story. Another kind of kind of grim story as well. A new artificial intelligence algorithm built by IBM may be able to detect that you have Alzheimer's just by you writing out a story. Weird. But like, I mean, very good. Like my granddad had Alzheimer's. Yeah. And it is terrifying when it gets to a point where they don't remember anything. So it turns out that this new technique, 75% accuracy, can determine whether or not you are going to develop Alzheimer's years ahead of even when you start displaying significant Mm. symptoms. So what they get you to do is there's a test they did on 270 people who were involved in this test. They get you to watch a thing watch a story and then two or three times a year you have to write out from memory what you watched so just a memory test but you have to write it out and based on words you forget based on typos based on the structure in your sentences over time they're able to predict years ahead of you actually feeling that you have any symptoms and having noticeable symptoms symptoms, they can determine that you are probably more than likely going to develop Alzheimer's but then do you just sit there and wait for it to happen I don't know that's that's the kind of thing do you want to know you're going to develop that Maybe Alzheimer's, they might be able to slow it down. Fingers crossed. I know it's a a horrible disease where they can't cure it as of yet. And maybe it'll it'll help with that. But just thought it was a bit grim. Start writing stuff. I'm going to get real self-conscious now writing everything, you know? No, I think this is a good idea. I like this. Like for something like Alzheimer's, if they could possibly be able to like, you know, veer you in the right direction, maybe you could do uh, some tasks that will help you remember things. And it might prolong it. Yeah. You know, like where you don't get it too quick, like... Yeah, so that's what happened over in, in AIB. And then uh, the last two stories here tonight, Elon Musk 
says he's got a company called Neuralink and the yeah. whole purpose of this company is to connect the human mind with computers. So he wants to expand the human processing potential, mm. memory potential and interface with humans and machines. They have linked up a monkey's brain with wires so that it can play uh, video games. Now this with its mind, really, with its mind, sorry, with its mind. Yeah, this is a really weird one. Obviously, if it works with monkeys, then eventually they'd hope that it will work with humans yeah. and you will be going into a room playing a video game and maybe someone won't, won't even notice. You're, oh, you're playing with your mean. eyes. Uh, yeah, so what they have is they've linked this monkey's brain with wires and implants directly into its brain to uh, Pong. Do you know that game? It's like tennis on the screen, the old school one. It just oh, yeah. bounces back and forth and you move the thing up and down. So you're doing it with your head, uh, is it? No, your thoughts. You're not doing it with your head, you're doing oh, it with so your mind. Oh, so it's not even like a... No, it's not, you're not moving a all. physical thing, you're using your, your brain activity. Oh, weird. Yeah, so the monkey's using its mind to be able to play Pong. And just think of think of the thing going up and, and the little white paddle on the screen goes up. Think of it going down, it goes down. So it's a simple enough game because there's only yeah. two dimensions, up and down. It's no more complex than that. But they've trained a monkey by implanting wires in its head, connecting it to this computer game to be able to do that and control it with its mind. But surely that would be good for your brain then. You're like exercising it. I know you're doing that with a controller as well, but uh, like when you have something there and you kind of know what buttons you're pressing or something, it's maybe less stress on the the mind whereas when you're really kind of thinking I know what you mean about yeah. this ooh I know I think it could be a good thing weird so the hope is Musk says he wants monkeys to be able to play each other in Pong through their minds mm. on this screen crazy yeah it is crazy but I, I kind of know that it's to come yeah you feel like that's the future now it is We're gonna, you're gonna be like getting served ads in your mind that you'll have to watch for five seconds if you get the free version of this AI tech that'll be in your bre- in your brain Think of all the weird dreams you'll have at that stage. You'll be able to store your dreams. Oh you'll be able to record God. your dreams and download them and put them into a computer and a hard drive and watch them back and go, do you want to watch my dream from last night? You won't believe this. Well, at least you might be able to delete the other ones that oh, you don't the want bad to remember. Memories, yeah. yeah. And we'll delete that, that and that now. I'm having too many issues. Mm. Uh, finally, uh, mice are under it again. Mice have been put through absolutely ridiculous stuff, but they, they've been treating mice with LSD. Now, don't do drugs, kids, but... They wanted to investigate what impact LSD had and what it does to the brain and blah, blah, blah. They found out that small doses of LSD given to mice mm. makes them more sociable and oh. makes them more empathetic to the people and world around them. That's now a bit surprising, I would say. A little weird. Now, we talked to people about LSD before. Turns out that they're using LSD in psychotherapy now to try and get over post-traumatic stress syndromes and different things like that and help people kind of come to terms with past life traumas and manage that and deal with that but yet the mice that were given them um, are now as I said the factors taken into promote the factors with the LSD promote social interaction in mice which is the equivalent of empathy and social behaviour in humans so a little bit of LSD makes mice more empathetic and sociable and they're starting to understand the pathways in the brain that are responsible for those feelings and for those changes in the brain which might help them again develop more uh, specific treatments and procedures for the human brain when they use it in psychotherapy and well, things I like that. Well, I definitely know some humans that need a little bit more empathy in them. Oh, do you know? I do. We're not looking oh, at anyone in particular. No, not you. Not you, no. People outside of this place. Um, but I just find, is that really the right way to go about it? What? LSD? Do you know what I mean? Just Even in small do- doses? People in Silicon Valley, this is the, the latest rage with the creative on, uh, entrepreneurs. They're microdosing with LSD, claiming that it makes them more productive. So they're taking LSD and work. Tiny little doses of it. 
This yeah, but they could be sense. saying the same with cocaine. Do you know what <laughs> I, I mean? I'm sure some of them are. I mean, Wall Street is cocaine. Silicon Valley is LSD. They all have their excuses. Don't do drugs. Don't you will do get drugs. pregnant and die. Drugs.ie if you want any support services or help or information with that. But that's the current body of literature. The science says they're working. LSD with mice making them more empathetic. That's all I'm saying. Okay, fair Don't enough. Shoot the messenger here now. That's all I'm saying. Uh, speaking of drugs as well, you are going to be hearing from a guy who uh, is taking to YouTube to share his own story of addiction and recovery. Uh, Philip is his name. He runs the channel CG Kid on YouTube, which has exploded in popularity over the last while just for his frank and honest approach to how he overcame and dealt with his own addiction issues. It's on the way shortly as well. And uh You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. FM 104. In case you didn't know, you can listen to Premier League games live on fm104.ie and also via the FM 104 app. So if you haven't downloaded that already, happy days. You can get the exclusive coverage there and through fm104.ie. It's Premier League live with Now TV. You can stream live Premier League action with the Now TV, Sky Sports or Sports Extra Pass. And now... I'm not giving up on love. Room 104's Zoom Blind Date. Okay, 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 okay. If you're single, if you're single in Dublin, you need to listen up because we have a very special event coming up Friday week here on Room 104. Yeah, and can I just say that we are looking for three single men oh, yeah. and one single lady. And we've had loads of beautiful, very handsome single men getting in touch with us. So, if you are a single lady and you're sick of Tinder, you're sick of being ghosted or just guys being a-holes and want to find <laughs> proper love and a little bit of crack, let's be honest... And on top of that, we do have prizes to give away, which the lady is going to get a lovely bottle of champagne. And the lads will get, uh, they're like selection boxes of cans provided for by Malloy's Liquor Store. More info on some of the deals they're offering, malloys.ie. So thanks very much to the Malloy's lads. But if you want to get involved, all right, if you're a lad and you're single and you're not going to be doing much else, because again, let's face it, no one's going to be doing much else Friday no. the 12th. Get involved. And if you're a lady who's single who wants to be uh, matched up with three, I have your choice of three separate men. Yeah, this is beautiful. Three. So you're, you'll be in the position of power here, and you can give the dating apps a break. So it's Friday week, the twelfth. It'll be ten o'clock. We'll be doing it live here on the shows. Also, myself and Sergio will be able to guide you through the whole thing. It'll be fine, and you can do it from the comfort of your own home. And you'll have a bottle of champagne in front of you with some room on a four beer mats to make sure you're looked after and sorted. Blind date and your name and your details to oh eight seven six seven nine seven. 104. All right. Very easy. Blind date and your name and your details to 0876797104. Your only other option for a Friday evening is to depress yourself by watching the late late. So easy option. That's very true. Or crying into your popcorn while you watch The Notebook on Netflix. Oh, God. Of a Valentine's Friday. Oh God, no, yeah. don't do it. So just get involved. Have a bit of fun. By the way, it's on Zoom. So if you don't like the guy and the date's not going well, just say the internet went and just leave. Yeah, you've so many options and so many outs. So listen, it's a bit of crack. If you're getting sick of the online dating or you're just sick and tired of the situation we're in at the moment, it's a little bit different, a little bit of crack. And who knows what could happen? This could be the start of something beautiful. Could be. Could be the start of even a beautiful breakup six months down the line. Yeah, it will pass the time anyway. 
drama. That's mm. what we need. So listen, we need one lucky lady. If you think, if you want it to be you joining us Friday week for our Zoom blind date, 0876797104. And lads as well, if you want to get involved, uh, use that number as well. Blind date and your details and WhatsApp it into us. And the very best of luck. And we'll be doing that Friday week. It is our Zoom blind date. And it's- You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. And Sir here on Room 104 with Play Blue. You can see what takes your fancy at playblue.ie. You know you want to. Now, quick reminder again, tomorrow to break up the mundaneness of the week that you have been having, uh, we are going to try something something different. I just want an excuse to go and get a hot chocolate instead of a coffee. Yeah. Tomorrow, if you're going for an old saunter down the town, break up your uh, work day or maybe in the morning or maybe in the evening after work. And rather than going and queuing up for a coffee, Get yourself a hot chocolate. Hot chocolate Wednesdays. There They're the go. new thing. Hashtag hot chocolate Wednesdays. Make sure you go out and get yourself a, uh, a a hot chocolate tomorrow and tag us. Use the hashtag hot chocolate Wednesdays and tag myself and Saoirse online. Uh, I'll be going out getting one beautiful one. And again, just to try and mix it up. Now, are you going for milk chocolate, white chocolate, dark chocolate? Milk chocolate, uh, milk chocolate, whipped cream. Uh, I don't I, I don't care too much about marshmallows. In oh, fact, I, I think I just love the texture of the cream. It's beautiful. Do you remember we used to get that in Insomnia? Oh, I know. Oh. Next door is Insomnia, but sure, look, we haven't been, we haven't been down here since uh, when it's opened because mm. we come in in the evenings because that is life at the moment anyway. But sure, yeah. look, that's what we're doing tomorrow. Now, uh, PETA, PETA, it's PETA, the Animal Rights Organisation. PETA. No, that's PETA House. Oh yeah, what are we talking about? PETA, the Animal Rights. It's PETA House, not the Animal Rescue thing here. No, PETA yeah. House is the mental health charity here. What's the animal one? There's, no, there's no, there's a, I'm getting really confused. Is it Peta or Peta? Peta? Sorry, Peta, they actually, Peta, Peta. when they're spelt similar, I get confused. Peta, sorry, yeah, you're right. P-E-T-A, I never know how they pronounce it. Peta or Peta. Anyway, anyway. Sorry, yeah, go on. We'll call them Peta from now on. If I'm wrong and I'm annoying you, I'm very, very sorry. But yeah. they come out every now and then with some very strong, interesting, creative, strange, odd campaigns. Yes, they do, actually. This one in particular is really weird. Now, there was a weird video they released earlier on about veganism and there was people in bed having sex and there was something to do with veganism. Anyway. Don't do a doggy style. Uh, I ha- oh, that's a very that's good it. one. That's yeah. No, was that? No. But that's a <laughs> great one. I just made that up, but yeah. That's genius. I'm Write sure that that's down. there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, they would like you, uh, you listening right now because you're a su- supremacist, humanist scumbag and an animal racist, they want you to stop using animal terms to degrade and insult people. Like... You're a rat. Oh, yeah. So instead of saying you're a rat, they would rather you said, you're a snitch. You're a snitch. You're a snitch. Oh, you're a, you're a snitch. It and just doesn't work the same. Doesn't work the same at all. And rather than saying you're a snake, see, I love the term snake. Now, snake is rooted in our Irish history because St. Patrick came and got rid of all the snakes. Yeah, but snake is so cold. Like, if you're calling someone a snake, that digs deep, doesn't it? That's you're a, a sly, slithering, yeah. sleeving snake and you're, you're up to snake. no good. And I think that's a perfect example of, I know some people love their snakes, but, you know, it's a good metaphor. It is a good metaphor. Instead, though, they would rather you said, you're a jerk. You're a jerk. Like, hey. we, we can't say you're a jerk in Ireland. Yeah, oh, St. Patrick got rid of all the jerks. Yeah, like, jerks <laughs> is an American term we can't is, use. Yeah. You're such a jerk. Um, now, I, I don't mind this one, the pig. Right. You're repulsive. That is a good insult. That's yeah. a very strong, powerful insult. He's rep- like, instead of he's a pig, I would actually probably say you're repulsive instead. Um, yeah, that's better. Like, stop calling people chickens, because if you're doing so, you're being 
speciesist. This is the new oh, yeah. level of ism and, and is that's out there, okay? If you say, oh, you're stopping such a chicken, you're speciesist, and that is offensive to chickens that might be around that you have no... This is the they other might thing. hear you. This is the other thing. One, uh, they can't understand language. So it's not as How if... How do you know? Are you a chicken? It's not as if you're saying like, uh, if you're insulting someone based on their, their country or something that they can hear. You know what I mean? You're such a, you know, like, oh, you're you're like a, you're a calving man because you're so tight. You know, someone from calving might be yeah. like, oh, hey, leave me alone, I'm not tight. Uh, and that might be deemed somewhat offensive. But animals can't. And I know, they're, I know, I know what they're doing. They're trying to stop you looking at animals as lower than humans. But like... We do it all the time. We make comparisons with our language. Anyway, the other ones they have said that they would like you to stop using is instead of calling someone chicken, call them a coward. And instead of calling them sloth, as in, oh, you're a sloth, which we don't really use over here ever for saying you're lazy. To say say lazy instead. Yeah, we would use lazy anyway. But, um, I mean, I'm not going to stop using snake or rat. They're so good. They're just too powerful. They they, they give such, for three little letters... You're such a rat. You're such a snake. Yeah. And the other one, you're such a cow. I love that one. Yeah, cow is a good one as well. Because cow doesn't even have to be... I know some people might say you call someone who's overweight a cow. Mm. Cow is a certain type of person, a certain type of... Snob. Yeah, yeah. You're just a cow. You're just an absolute cow. You can be stick thin and still be a cow. You know what I mean? Yeah. What are other animal insults? You're a dog. Bitch. Yeah. Or, he's he's dog ugly. It's dog ugly. You'd hear that a lot. She's a bit of a bitch. Chicken, rat, snake, pig, slot. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Pussy. Yeah. What else is there actually? There's got to be loads. There's, I'd say for most animals. He's a horse of a man. Horse of a man, yeah. Because there is good comparisons oh, as well. Quiet as a mouse. Quiet as a mouse. So yeah. there's, there's good good comparisons as well, you know. So there you go, folks. If you are using any of these terms as insults, chicken, rat, snake, pig, um, horse, cow, bitch, turns out that you're speciesist, you're technically racist towards animals. 
That's what you are. You're an animal racist. We need to breathe. Shame on you. We need to breathe. Shame on you. That's the world. I just, to me, that's a little bit going too far. Like, if you're listening and you're a vegan, I don't know how that would help yeah, people like, stop eating burgers. Are you upset if somebody uses an animal's name? In a derogatory way? Yeah. I don't think we are, do we? Do no. We this just kind of alienates. I don't know. Like, obviously, we're talking about it, so they're getting what they wanted out of it, which is a good bit of media coverage, and they know what they're doing to shock and all. Mm. I just don't know if they're going to win anyone over to the side with kind of stuff like that. It seems just a bit childish and immature. Don't say chicken, say coward. I mean, every other word you could use, though, instead of all of those animal words, is your vile. That's my favourite word. Oh, vile is good, yeah. Vile is a great word. But someone's going to be uh, upset and offended about that. So listen, there you go. That's the latest things to be worried about and be offended by and add that to the list. Speciesist. You, uh, this is what they said. Using animals as insults perpetuates speciesism. And we're going to get to a point where every company is going to have to have 50% humans and 50% animals working in their companies. I love that. You know, you have to go down and there's just Carol the chicken on the front desk. You're like, can you print this for me? Oh, like, oh okay. And you, piglet walking and, around as well. <laughs> and you can't say anything because you'll be a speciesist and you will be fired because that is how open and diverse we all are. There we go. Stop being a speciesist. On the way next, uh, Philip Markoff is going to be on. He's a recovered drug addict. He was a poly user. He used a variety of different drugs, got himself in a very dangerous situation, but has found a huge following online by sharing his open, honest and frank story about his uh, struggles with addiction and how he finally wound up overcoming it and getting onto the road of recovery. He's going to be on next and we'll have music from uh, Frey Riding's Castles. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM. June 104, it's Cormac and Saoirse here. You want to get in touch, you know, or WhatsApp? Oh, it's 7-6-7-9-7-104. And as you are well aware, in this country, um, and in this city in particular, drug addiction can be a huge, huge problem. Destroy lives, it can hugely impact the people who are around that person who might have the uh, addiction problem as well. But recovery is possible. Joining us now is someone who is sharing their own story of their own addiction and recovery, uh, hoping to give people who are struggling with a drug addiction, or someone in their life who's struggling with a drug addiction, more advice and some hope that a life after drug drug addiction is possible. This gentleman has built up a huge following online just sharing his story of um, and sharing his advice about his own experiences. Frank, open, honest about the, the world in which he was in, how he got there and how he got out of it. He runs the YouTube channel CG Kid where he gives these pieces of advice and runs a, a very popular podcast as well. But he joins us now. Philip Markoff, sir, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for joining us, Philip. Now, I always find it so fascinating when someone's able to overcome addiction. Um, it's extremely hard, I can I can imagine. But can you just take us back to where you were and how you overcame? Oh, gosh, it's a long story. I mean, uh, the sobriety thing, of course, happened first, uh, overcoming the actual addiction. Uh, so, you know, for me, uh, I started at 17 and it was a lot of it was due to trauma and a lot of addiction self-medicating. I found out later on I was actually self-medicating ADHD and it just uh, it really just progressed over time. I got sober at 23 and um, I was staying sober for a while. Then, of course, I started the channel and, uh, you know, I did that kind of just to uh, reach out to active drug users. I don't think there's any content that does that. And uh, a lot of people are selling recovery and I'm like, they're looking up drug videos. Let's talk eye to eye with them. Let's give them a place to be safe. And I learned so much because I acquired notoriety, but then that became an addiction. I hit rock bottom. I tried to commit suicide October 2019. Went to a rehab facility and uh, got out and told like a million people I relapsed thinking, oh, the pressure will fix it. And there was just so much pressure to change. And I told my audience I lied about being sober for a little while. And uh, 
I lost a lot of my identity because uh, sobriety is one thing. That's just abstinence. But the recovery part of it is finding something better than the addiction side. And I have to understand addictions part of my nature, but it doesn't define who I am now. So I still have my addictions. But for me, it was just a brief experience. And it kind of just gave me direction to say, OK, so this is it's one of those things I get so excited about because it's so obvious. I want to is what it is. And uh, mm. so now I'm in recovery and it's just a totally, totally different world than anything I ever experienced in my life. And the sobriety part is just it's it's barely even makes a symptom of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so when you kind of started off going down the road of, of addiction at 17, what what were some of the drugs that you wound up getting exposed and getting addicted to? Yeah, I'm like a, a poly user, so I always chase the novelty of something new. So in a way, it's always like the addiction was almost to the drugs in general, doing the research, studying the effects. And because I tried almost everything, I would say uh, weed, alcohol were kind of like my two main ones. But, you know, I dabbled literally in almost every drug, which is why people find my channel fascinating that I could share on these experiences and uh, translate them. To, uh, so if a mom finds cocaine in her son's room, her immediate reaction is, what is this doing to him? And what are, what are drug users getting out of it? You know, what's benefiting them? And I'll tell what I got out of it, but also the negatives. And I try to be as unbiased as possible, but tried almost everything. <laughs> and have you ever had any situation where you felt this is going to be the end? Yeah, the, the big one was with, uh, you know, gaining notoriety at it increases dopamine. And I noticed the more successful I was getting in life, uh, the more empty I was feeling. And uh, so then the relapse with doing the addiction channel, it's kind of like, and lying to people, it was like a shame thing. And that was really the worst, you know, the worst of the worst, the closest. And then when I was younger is when my ex left me, that was with for eight years to get sober, but that wasn't nearly as bad because with the notoriety stuff or like getting a good job and then the novelty wears off and all of a sudden you hate it. And you need yeah. more, more that so bad because I felt like I was doing what society told me to do. They're like, get the good job. Okay, I got that. You know, you get all these things and I kept feeling more and more empty and I couldn't say it's because I'm smoking meth. I was like, why am I so depressed? So I had no idea how to get out of it. So that was that was the worst of the addiction for me. So did you find, you know, you mentioned you, you were exploring the different drugs over your kind of journey into addiction and out of it. Like, were you looking to crystal meth for something different than when you tried cocaine and alcohol and weed? Did you kind of, or was it just the same novelty factor or did you find a different drug gave you a different escape from what was going on at the moment? A lot of it, a lot of it's the novelty factor, but you know, all drugs increase dopamine and uh, ADHD and um, addiction crossing is extremely common. I mean, when you don't have enough dopamine, your mind moves so fast. What you're really looking for is to slow your mind down, but with self-medicating, you're doing it in a way that doesn't have instructions, doesn't have medical advice. So uh, I think with every drug I was seeking the dopamine, and one of the reasons I like meth so much is it increases dopamine like three times more than cocaine. Uh, but at the same time, those things like wear on your body, where weed and alcohol, alcohol is not illegal, so it's not scary. Weed doesn't really wear on your body. So I kind of just stuck with those. And, and then uh, speaking of, of impact on your body, what were some of the, the negative impacts? Was there any like health problems you experienced and were you doing obviously doing damage to your body but you know was there any significant issues you were facing physically oh yeah and uh, i have to say you know preface <laughs> go back a bit but yeah alcohol can be just as damaging to the body as meth i just didn't let it get us out of control for some reason but with the meth it was really just being real thin malnourished issues uh de from dehydration with my kidneys zapped out in the head going through like dopamine deficit severe depression psychosis 
doing things that were incongruent with my morals and uh, damage also physically from just the hallucinations I was having and doing like really crazy stuff. Like one time I like pull off my clothes and I was running down the street and my feet at the end were like bleeding. <laughs> and I, I did that because I thought someone put a hit out on the mafia with me. And it was just the weirdest thing. Like it didn't make any sense, you know, and a lot of stuff like that. And at what point did you say, right, enough is enough. I need to get clean now. No, oh, it was a, uh, it was such a neutral thing for me. That's what's interesting. I was out with my mom and we were eating at a restaurant and she offered to bring me to rehab and, uh, or I could have went home and used, and this is in June 9th, 2013. And it was just so like, uh, I did feel sad and empty, but it was such a weird, you know, decision of just, all right, I'll do it. And, th- and this time around my, um, my recovery, or that's what people call it is like finding your spirituality was really when I, I was using Instagram, and uh, I had taken a break from it. And I just saw what it was doing to me, it was making me anxious, it was distorting my worldview. And I ended up disabling the account. Uh, and I had the reason I did that is I, I suddenly my ambitions just totally changed. I, I realized that you know, I was always chasing chaos, excitement and prestige and all these things. Like I wanted an exciting life, a job that I tell people and they're like, oh, that's cool. So there's a difference between choosing to get sober for me and choosing to find a better life. And uh, I just was always presented a life that the world says you should want this. You should be on Facebook. You should be on these things. And I never sat back and said, what is really causing chaos? Do I really want chaos? And, um, you know, that's when uh, I entered recovery, which is really the most significant point in my life. You know, you obviously share a lot of information with people about, as you mentioned, you know, if a mother finds cocaine in her son's bedroom, like she's obviously going to freak out and not know what to do. Um, and obviously your addiction is going to be different to everyone else's addiction. But what do you think in general people get wrong about drug addiction like and the reason with that is that it, it comes it, it comes to a point for me i just got to see humans as amazing creatures and i can't really go into you have a problem because it quickly becomes you are a problem so i have to fix you and you're a project to me and that's there's such a goal of honestly it's almost like i talk about animals quite a bit to my family and i'm like it's almost like the dog you know there's caution like you should be cautious but when you walk by a person who's down and out on drugs and the dog goes for that person and you're pulling the dog away and he's just kind of looking at you like why and uh, the other thing is with the family you know there's nothing they can do that's like the hardest thing a family member approaches me my son's addicted to something you know what do i do i think it's great to uh, have support and go to you know a support group like al-anon or naranon or something but that that being said in the family situation there it's really society's downfall so like a big misconception with addiction like i said the drug addict uh we got to see him with love i think a big way is seeing ourselves in them and if you want to see a drug addict just look at the the united states i mean i don't know how it is in ireland but uh you know they're like how can you do this how can you poison your body but look at what we're doing to the earth and uh what we're doing to animals in the food industry here and uh how we have social media, it's, and here, it's, at least, it's causing teen suicide to dramatically climb. It's causing election or democracy interference. Uh, it's causing hate groups to grow. It's causing all these problems, but we aren't, we're still, like, okay with it. So what I'm saying is it's almost like they look at the drug addict and it becomes quickly becomes a scapegoat. It's like the best thing that society could do is say, you know, you're addicted to drugs, but understanding I have addictions that cause harm to the earth you know what causes the greater harm and have that humility to learn from them and gain from them find value in your interaction with them is so important and it's like the my dad and me are the type of a 
animals wounded will stop the car in the middle of the highway and pick it up. Uh, when I, I take it a little further now, when I see someone really down and out, I go and sit with them and it's not because I pity them or feel bad. I'm, I'm really trying to find light in my community and, and the light within them and try to understand what's going on better. And I think humans are desperately actually craving that because when I relapsed, everybody rallied together to support me. It was so loving. And I'm like, guys, if I was on the side of the road, like you would probably not make eye contact, mm -hmm. you know, a tribalistic community. If someone's down and out, it's like one of our own. It's not somebody to walk past. So I, I say it's society needs to come together because when a mom sees her son addicted to drugs, she can't help them because she's hurting like they're hurting. It's a family illness. They're both sick. But the neighbors in the neighborhood, when they see that going on, you know, rather than being afraid, be cautious. If you know, put your wallet away if you're worried about something. But at the same time, approach uh, that that kid because she can't help them, but maybe the neighborhood could. And I just see a lot of disconnection. You know what I mean? Then your YouTube channel, are you finding like a lot of people are helping you on your journey and vice versa or because it's a personal story after all? Yeah, yeah. with that, I used to say, uh, you know, people help me more than I help them. But now I'm seeing almost like a oneness with people. It's really interesting, at a very fundamental level. And uh, I think it's it's like such a relationship at this point. It's really interesting to me. And, um, you know, I just see it as, you know, anybody who speaks, the listener is kind of like uh, almost creating the speaker. You know, if I were speaking in a dark room, there, there would, like, there's a thing in Buddhism that self implies other. It goes along with yin and yang. And uh, I'm like, you know, you guys kind of create me as much as I'm there for you. So as much as they love me, I'm always, I'm tr I think I'm helping them. I'm trying to help them get to a place of loving themselves. Influencers. It's very easy to get people to love you. I mean, it, we've been doing that forever. But to get someone to love themselves, you know, I think I think the the people that are drug users see my relapse and they see, hey, that's myself and that person. I would have relapsed. And they see all this love coming around for me and this help coming to me. They're like, hey, you know, I don't really feel like anybody wants to help me. I feel like an outcast and a scapegoat. But at the same time, I could see now, you know what I mean? And so it becomes like almost just this beautiful thing that life blessed me with this opportunity to be in this position. So, so then if you know someone's listening right now who might one be themselves faced with an addiction issue, like what advice do you give them? So anybody with an addiction issue, it's first off, it's like super broad. I mean, the drug addiction mm. issue is part of it. But anybody who thinks they're spending too much time on social media or any of those things, and they kind of know it. Um, I just say, uh, you know, th there just has to be a, everybody's path is different. And uh, maybe you'll hear this and you'll decide, hey, you know, I can make a choice. You know, I can change my habits and change my ways. And and that it's like I have no advice to give and nothing to teach. All I could say is in my experience, I got so desperate that life revealed itself to me. And I would say, listen to life, like listen to the little things, the little cues like a man, uh, I saw a guy who loved his dog. He was super passionate. And I, I before I would see that, I'd be like, oh, that's cute. That's amazing. That's awesome. And kind of let it go, even though it did hit my heart. But when I saw it after this, uh, this change in how I see things, I'm like, why is that lighting up my heart so much? What does he have? What is this? And I started studying the behavior of dogs. And I found out they're super spiritual. And they were never taught anything. You know, <laughs> they don't even speak. Um, there's a book I would say by Eckhart Tolle called a new earth, which is a spiritual thing. And it's all about discovering who you really are deep down underneath this all. 
You know, a lot of people will say, I'm a vegan, I'm a YouTuber, I'm a this, you know, I'm a that, you're a this. It's it's such a labeling thing. And I honestly think humans are very unspeakable of what we really are underneath everything. And uh, there's almost a place in silence, you know, and uh, that's seen in almost every faith where they talk about the I am and consciousness and connecting to that. And the way I've always done that is observing my thoughts or my feelings, but not being them. That's pretty much my advice. You know? um, yeah, listen, if someone wants to, because I know you have a lot of content up and go into more depth about your story and do a lot of kind of regular content up on your YouTube channel and your podcast, uh, where would you direct? What's the channel name and where can they find you online? Uh, CG Kid. It stands for for crazy ginger kid. If you're listening and uh, you need any help with um, any addiction or drug issues I've mentioned in this interview, drugs.ie provides uh, a good list of resources available in Dublin. Also, go check out uh, Philip's channel, CG Kid, where he goes into a hell of a lot of detail and depth and just completely honest about his own uh, experiences with addiction and with recovery and with insights that you might find useful. But Philip Markoff, it's been a pleasure. Thanks a million for popping on F104 this evening and uh, continued success with the recovery. Thank you. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.